Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Today, I'm bringing you up to speed on my Q1 goals and more broadly, I'm going to talk about goal setting with ADHD and where I got hung up and where you might see some familiar areas as well with a few takeaways and learning lessons because this is about you, not me. So let's get right into it. If you're new around these parts, welcome. I set a goal at the top of the year to create a six figures in passive revenue in my business this year. Now, my business is predominantly coaching, one-on-one and group coaching, so that is the predominant aspect of income, but that being not very scalable, I have set this goal to create what some folks call passive revenue. I'm going to call asynchronous revenue because there was nothing passive about anything I've done so far. But essentially what I call asynchronous revenue is anything where I show up and create something or do something once that then creates revenue where I don't need to spend any more time or energy on that thing. And that goal remains my one thing for this year. It doesn't mean I don't have other goals, but it does mean that is the primary goal, which all other goals and aspirations must align to. So with that said, If we talk about six figures in passive revenue in a year, that means a minimum of $100,000. So for this first quarter, you would assume that I would set my standard for $25,000 in passive revenue. But I did not do that for a very good reason, because I don't yet have the systems and assets in place to generate that amount of income in my first quarter. So I knew I was going to come in with less income in the first quarter, and then I would hopefully build it up on the back end. But before I get to the results of that experiment, I want to run down a couple of learning lessons because I actually think that's more important than the outcome, particularly as it relates to ADHD. The key point of all of this, me going after a goal and sharing you the behind the scenes journey of it, is not for you to see what I accomplish or not accomplish. The reason I'm sharing this is that I'm hoping you'll pick up on the way I'm thinking about achieving this goal. In my mind, the most important thing is to achieve this goal in alignment with my values, my needs, my strengths, and what I want in the world. Because anybody can go out and create $12,000 in a quarter. I could go to Target and get a job and make $12,000 in a quarter. It's about creating things in a way that works specifically for me and is in alignment with what I want. Because what I don't want to do and what I've done in the past is create a business that I don't like that I don't enjoy the day-to-day of. Entrepreneurship is a lot more than just owning a business. It's showing up and doing the daily tasks that either suck the life out of you or bring you joy. So I'm trying to do this in alignment with the things that bring me joy, that are in my zone of interests and strengths, and do so in a way that it is sustainable and won't lead to cycles of burnout. I know you know what I'm talking about there, right? So over the past few months, I have tried a number of different things. Some worked, some didn't, like the 12-week year. But at the end of the day, I did actually achieve my goal. It's not even the end of March yet, and I'm already over $16,000 in passive revenue. 
Is that a win? Sure, I hit the goal. However, in full disclosure, I have no idea if I would be able to replicate the things that happened in this first quarter in subsequent quarters, meaning some of the things that came in are not things that I can expect on the regular. Like I got one big affiliate check, I had a contract for some sponsored content. Those sort of things I don't necessarily think are going to come to me every month or every quarter. So while I did reach my goal, I don't consider it 100% success. I don't consider it a failure either. I consider it data. And with that data, I can now move forward and adjust things so I can continue to enjoy the sporadic income that comes in, but I can also build my business in a way that is reliable and sustainable. And I don't have to kill myself to reach a monetary goal every month or every quarter. And that brings me to the second thing that I really want to underscore here, and that is motivation behind goals. So as I've said, the goal for me is to create time freedom and autonomy. Those are strong values for me, and I am 100% still aligned with that goal. However, the way I designed this was six figures in passive revenue in order to reach that goal within the time span of one year. And I did that because you know what they say, goals have to be measurable and time sensitive and blah, blah, blah. The problem is when I put a monetary goal to a certain aspect of time, it pulled me away from the exciting part of that goal, which is time autonomy and freedom flexibility in my business. What it made me hyper-focus on instead was making a certain amount of money in a certain amount of time in order to check a box. And not only did that drain me and take my focus away from choosing strategies that align with my energy, it also made the goal less fun, less interesting, because now I was chasing money instead of chasing time freedom. And money is great, don't get me wrong, but it's not a motivator for me. I think that's true of a lot of people. We're excited about money because of what it affords us the opportunity to do, but at the end of the day, money itself is just an energy exchange. It's a number on a screen or paper in your hand. It's what money represents that's so exciting or enticing. And that is definitely true for me. So coming to this next quarter, I'm not changing the goal. I still want to make over six figures in passive revenue in my business because that's the direction I want my business to go in. But I am gonna take a little bit of pressure off when that needs to be attained because at the end of the day, whether it takes 12 months or 18 months, as long as I'm moving in that direction, I'm fine. I just want to do it in a way that serves my energy and the way I want to do business. I'm hell-bent on building a business that I do love and that does work for me in particular. So while my strategies may not appeal to you or work for you, I hope what you're taking away from that is the awareness that sometimes the goals we set might be directionally correct, but the way in which we're setting them can be a distraction or can actually make us lose interest in that goal. So with that said, what I would ask you is what are the major goals that you're going for in your life right now? Is the outcome that you've set for yourself still exciting and motivating to you? And if it's not, it may not be that you have to change the goal. Maybe you just need to change your strategy and move forward in a different way with a different focus. At the end of the day, the big takeaway here is that in order for you to thrive, especially if you're neurodiverse, you've got to prioritize doing things in a way that works for you. Don't look at things the way other people do them or the way they should be done. Look at what works for you. And if you don't know what works for you, it's time to start experimenting in the same way I'm doing here without any shame that you may or may not hit a goal, but that everything is just a learning lesson and a data point that's going to move you closer to the direction that works uniquely for your beautiful brain. On that note, 
There's one more thing I want to call out that I realized just a couple of days ago, and I think it's really important to address because I think a lot of us do this. I set a goal for six figures in 12 months. Why did I set that specific goal? Did I set it based on historical data in my business and what sounded reasonable in terms of strategic growth? Or did I pull a number out of the air that just sounded like what everybody else does that sounds reasonable and fits well and there'll be like a little bow that I get to tie around this goal on the 31st of the year? If I'm being completely honest, that's exactly why I set this goal. I was listening to a podcast with Chris Doe and he was leading a group of entrepreneurs in an exercise around setting goals for their business. And this one guy who had made like a quarter of a million dollars in his business year one wanted to double that for year two. And that's the goal he was setting for himself. And what Chris asked him point blank was, what is the data and indicators in your business that is leading you to make that your goal? And he was silent. He's, I don't know, it just sounds like the next reasonable thing to do. And Chris said, if you're going to double your business in year two, what has to change in order for that to happen? So he started breaking down the different products that maybe he would offer, the different things that he would do. And then he asked him what his capacity was in terms of actually achieving that. And when he started to break it down more, he realized that it wasn't something he would be able to do with his current resources. So we would have to scale up his resources in order to reach that goal, which would then take away from that bottom line of 100% growth in his business from year one to year two. And I love that questioning and the way he led his entrepreneur to the realization that sometimes we just set goals because they sound exciting and enticing, but there's nothing to back it up on the back end. Then add to that a layer of ADHD where we're not good at projecting things in the future. We don't have a great working memory. We're not necessarily thinking well in our head. If we don't have somebody asking us those skillful questions, we may just assume, yeah, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll double our business next year and I'll just figure out how it's going to happen. But it doesn't happen because it's magical thinking, which I've talked about before. And then when it doesn't happen, we consider ourselves failures or that we're not reaching our potential or that we did something fundamentally wrong. And if there is anything that we did wrong, it was simply that we set unrealistic goals, not that we weren't great at what we do or that we didn't have the ability to execute on the goals that we had set for ourselves. They just weren't grounded in reality. And sometimes you just need a mentor or a skilled coach to ask you these questions so that you can think through them out loud and not get into the place that I got to where I decided I was going to do six figures in 12 months. And I'm not going to go back on that goal. It is still my North Star. But I hope what I've underscored here is a realization that sometimes we would be well advised to actually look at the historical data in our business or in our life, when whatever area where we're setting a goal, and think about whether or not the goals that we are setting for ourselves are feasible, reasonable, and attainable or not. Just a tip. Maybe it's just me who sets willy-nilly goals, but I think I'm not alone there. <laughs> so to wrap all of that up in a nice little bow, yes, I did hit my very arbitrary goal, but some of that was just happenstance and the way things worked out. And I spent too much energy focused on attaining the financial goal instead of focusing on the things that were truly important, like setting up the systems and processes I needed in order to set that goal. So with that said, because I have a rhythm in my business of doing weekly reviews, monthly reviews, and quarterly reviews, I have a baked-in period of time to pause 
reflect and understand where my focus is going awry so that I can realign, readjust, and keep moving forward. I hope there were some takeaways for you there as you wrap up your first quarter of 2023. And if something is out of alignment, now is a good time to really hone in on what that is and get curious about how you can shift and move and realign things so that they do work for you and that you are enjoying the process. Always remember that just because there is a popular way of doing something doesn't mean it has to be the way you do something. The more time and energy you spend focusing on creating whatever is uniquely designed to you is what's going to pay forward in dividends going forward. So on that note, now I'm just going to go into more of a personal spill in terms of what worked for me this quarter and what didn't. So if you don't want to listen to more of the personal side, then feel free to just drop off now and I will talk to you next Friday. So aside from that particular goal, what did work for me in Q1? Definitely having a North Star. Even though the goal I set was arbitrary and random, it was a good North Star for me and I did align to it. So that was helpful. That tells me that the structure piece of that is working. Other things that really helped me this quarter was buying a new computer. So I have a Mac mini in my home office, which I obviously didn't bring with me because it's a stationary computer. But what I did bring with me was my little MacBook Air. And I've had that for about three or four years now and it's getting super slow. And it was starting to drive me nuts within the first week of travel. And at that point, I knew if I'm going to be traveling for at least two months, I need a computer that works because everything in my business is going to be run from this system. So I went out and I got myself a MacBook Pro and I have zero regrets. They're not cheap, but it has enabled me to be so much more speedy and flexible with the work that I'm doing that it was absolutely a great investment. And I do not make those investments lightly. I'm typically one who will hold on to technology a bit longer than I should. So I am really glad that I bit the bullet and bought the new computer. The other thing that worked really well for me this quarter was building digital products. First of all, I love making them. So in my last podcast, I talked about how to find work that really lights you up. And one of the questions I put out there is to consider whether or not you are a builder or a maintainer. I'm definitely a builder. And I have found that this idea of building smaller action-oriented courses and templates that people can take and get immediate results from applying it to their business or their life I love that stuff. It totally jazzes me up. I love the creative piece. I love packaging it. I love bundling it. I like talking about it, all the things. Just last week, I launched the Organized Business, which is a template designed for small business owners who want to get everything in their business in one place and organized and systematized so that they can spend less time looking for things and more time actually working in their business. And so far, that has been doing really well. And the next tool I'm working on is one specifically for folks who want to launch a coaching business in the shortest amount of time possible. So these little creative projects jazz me up so much, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of them in the future and maybe collaborating with other coaches and entrepreneurs in other areas, but I will definitely be doing more of that, and I'm just so excited that I learned this about myself. The other thing that went really well for me this year, tangential to what I just talked about, was Notion. I 100% believe that anyone with ADHD could benefit from the power of Notion. Even if you've tried it in the past and you didn't quite catch on to it at first, it does take a minute or two to understand it. But once you catch on to it, it is such a powerful tool because you can noodle it in whatever way you want so that it uniquely works for you. As I've said before, we've got to find ways of doing things in a way that works with our brain as opposed to trying to find cookie cutter solutions. 
And Notion gives you the ability to do that. It also gives you the ability to organize things and present them in ways that make sense to your brain and enables you to look for patterns, which is something that ADHDers are really good with. So if you have not yet tried Notion, I'm going to put my link below and I highly encourage you to go give it a click. It's free. You can get an upgrade to the AI version, which I absolutely recommend for anybody who has ADHD or dyslexia or anything like that, because with the AI version, you can write something out and ask the AI engine to completely rewrite it or organize it as a blog post or a video script or a presentation or an email or whatever you might need it for in your life. And you don't have to worry about letters being mixed up or thoughts not being cohesive. It does all that for you. I cannot believe how powerful AI is. I'm sure on some level it might make me completely obsolete, but in the meantime, I'm going to sing its praises for those of us with ADHD and dyslexia or anything where we've had some sort of a learning disability or a learning impingement where AI can really fill in a gap. It is powerful. So that I've been using a lot this month and I've been prolific with getting my scripts from YouTube and the podcast onto my blog, which then only just accelerates the traffic that's coming into my orbit. So it's already making so much sense for me in my business. And if I were in corporate, I would be using it 100% as well. And then the one other thing that I would say really worked for me, oh, was seeing friends. Like I have not had enough like face-to-face time with people. So it has really filled my cup and then some to have time with friends where, you know, I could just hang out with them for dinner and then go home and have my introverted time and then meet somebody for brunch the next day. It was just delightful. And uh, I just, I mentally, I needed this time for that. And I'm so grateful for it. So I also want to share a few things that didn't work because there might be some insights in here for you as well. Beyond what I already covered about the arbitrary goals that I set that I probably should have given more thought to, the other thing that didn't work for me, if I have to be completely honest, and I'm sad to say this, the digital nomadic life did not work for me at all. I've talked about this before. I've had this dream of either having an RV or just going from Airbnb to Airbnb and slow travel around the US while we still have our dogs and then overseas once they've you know, crossed the bridge. But what I've learned about myself is that is absolutely not the case for me. I need a home base and I am probably good for about six weeks of travel max. After that, I start pining for my bed, for my kitchen, for my routines. I am 100% a creature of habit and I miss my home so much. I cannot wait to get back there. I am not built to be a digital nomad and I will not be doing this ever again. (laughs) So what's next? Q2 is all about the creation of those small products, whether they're masterclasses or Notion templates or anything like that. I am really going to lean into that because it brings me so much joy to create them. I do not plan to do any travel for the next three months at least. I go home to Toronto this summer, but aside from that, I plan to stay close to home, enjoy the pool, enjoy whatever time I have left with my dogs, and just be present. So that is my Q2 in a nutshell. I hope this was in some way useful to you. And if you have any questions about the way I do things or the systems I've set up for myself, you can feel free to drop a question for me in the Spotify app or find me on Instagram and say, hi, I am always open to chatting and having a two-way conversation with my community. And on that note, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. And the next time I tie to you will be from my home office in Austin. And until then, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. 
Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.